Hey there, future fans. This week, we learn about the creepy smart kid, we need some bleach as we read men's minds, and everything is awesome. This is the week of February 8th, 2018, and this is episode 120 of Future Flicks with Billiam. everyone welcome to the show i am alone this week i apologize for the audio quality last week uh we had that last minute mic malfunction where the second mic just the second mic worked but my mic started not working it's really weird and i don't even know why because like i said last week it was working when ann and i tested it it was working fine and then all of a sudden when walker showed up i started sounding like some sort of crazy 70s robot and you know what? Having a co-host is is not something I want to do every week. I like this show on my own, on my own time, and I think I do a good job. But I do like the idea of having people on to talk about movies with, and that is going to keep happening. And I promise it will not happen again until I have uh, I have the proper setup. Well, let's get done with the intro and jump right into the show then. You know what? What am I? What is this show? I am Billiam. And this is Future Flicks with Billiam, and on this show, we do quite a few things. We start out with the news. That's any movie news that has happened since the last episode, and that has caught my eye. We then go into the trailers. Same deal with that. New trailers since the last episode, and it caught my eye. If I miss something, either news-wise or trailer-wise, you think I should talk about, hit me up and I will talk about it. And then we go into the movies, which we break up into two categories. The first is limited releases. Those are movies that aren't getting a wide release and they didn't really do enough to warrant talking about. So in that case, I just tell you the title, the premise, and who's in it. Maybe I'll bitch about it a little bit or say what I did like about it, but still not a lot. It won't get a score. Then we go into the wide releases and interesting indies, which are movies that... Guess what? Wide release. They're getting big releases or they are indies that I thought looked pretty good. So I wanted to talk about them a bit and give them a score. Sometimes it's because it looked good. Sometimes it looked so bad and I had a lot of funny things to say that I put it in that section. Then we wrap it all up with the question of the week and I send you along your way to listen to the other great shows in the somewhat nerdy radio network so you can listen to all of that nerdy goodness. Well, let me tell you how you get in contact with me. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram. That's at BilliamSWN. You can read all my blogs on the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's SomewhatNerdy.com. And please check out the other blogs and other shows that you can also find through the website. You can email me, BilliamReviews at gmail.com. And how do you find this show? Well, you've done a good job so far. Let me tell you what else you can do. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app. You can find me on the Somewhat Nerdy website, which I mentioned before, SomewhatNerdy.com. And find me on the Somewhat Nerdy Facebook page, which will honestly just link you to the website. So either way, you can you can find me. Well, you know, before we get into it, did you watch the Super Bowl? And were you like me and thought that the movie trailers during the commercials were the best part of the whole thing? Because, you know, I'm going to save a lot of it because Anne told me that I should do a separate episode just for the trailers, just to go into them a bit more. And I agree, I should do that. So uh, sometime either this week or next week, I'm going to do an episode just probably next week, let's be honest, just going into the trailers that we saw during the Super Bowl, talking about them a bit. So obviously it's going to be a shorter episode. So I'll talk more about the Super Bowl then. And of course, mostly, I promise, it's not going to be a rant, mostly about the movies. Well, let us jump into the first segment, which, as always, is the news. This just in from Hollywood, the news. So, Black Panther, huh? Black Panther's been getting a lot of nominations for stuff, and it's one of the, it's either one of the or the first comic book movie, I'm pretty sure it's the first comic book movie to be nominated for an Oscar. At the very least, the first Marvel or DC film. 
and some guy named Brett Easton Ellis is questioning Black Panther's nomination, saying, quote, no one thinks that it's that good. This story comes to us from IndieWire. Apparently, Brett Easton Ellis has a podcast which you have to pay for. See, this motherfucker wants you to pay for a podcast. I give you gold for free. You're welcome. You know what? The Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network gives you gold for free. You're welcome. Anyway, this guy brings up a point and... I will admit he has a point, uh, but I'm still not ready to weigh in on it yet. His thing is that the reason Black Panther is getting so many nominations or getting a nomination at all is because it's an inclusive movie. It's um, how did he put it? Here it is. This this article I'm quoting from uh, is actually from Complex, and they quoted that he says no superhero movie has ever gotten a Best Picture nomination. But believe me, Disney is doing everything in its power to make sure this happens. Even though there's no one out here in La La Land I've met who thinks Black Panther is that good of a movie. Sorry, is that good as a movie? Yet as a piece of representation, they're supporting it. So here, so his argument is one that I've brought up before, though under different contexts. He's saying that Black Panther isn't good enough to receive a nomination, but it's good and it does a lot for representing the black community as in a lot of black actors and so he's saying that's why it's getting it so this comes of course in the wake of two years three years after the oscars so white thing if you remember there's this big fallout against the oscars because it's just a bunch of white people that got nominated and you all know my problems with that i'm all for inclusion but rarely are these big movements for including people of color truly equal but that's a rant for another time so he's saying that in the wake of things like that we have this movie that people have liked that has a 97 percent on that site of distended ass called rotten tomatoes and so it has a high critic rating and it's highly representative of the black community so he's saying that is why and if you remember back during that oscar so white thing and a couple times since i brought up the fact that the first movie the first big movie that has a lot of people of color in it that gets nominated is going to have that stigma are they nominated because it's good or are they nominated because oscars doesn't want to seem racist and then if they win how long will that stigma stay with them if you remember back in 2001 there, there was minor controversy about gladiator winning best picture when it's going up against movies like crouching tiger hidden dragon aaron brockovich traffic and chocolate and at the time i was one of those people because i thought you know my 18 year old self was so smart that i thought that crouching tiger hidden dragon was the better movie but of course for me back then i think i was just being a douchey teenager going oh it's foreign so it's better with my nose up in the air but eventually now when people think of gladiator that that controversy doesn't come to mind anymore so how long will it take if black panther wins for that if the controversy even becomes a big thing how long will it take for it to to, to leave but my belief is that i think black panther is a good enough movie to get nominated and i say it's about f***ing time because we have a lot of genre movies that have been good enough to be nominated but normally the people who vote for the oscars have their noses stuck so far up their asses that they would never nominate anything genre and when they do it's because it's like the right type of it's it's either the right type of indie or artsy or it's so big that they can't ignore it like Return of the King was. So do I agree with Brett Easton Ellis? Uh, no, I do not. But I also saw this coming. You're welcome. You are welcome for my fortune-telling powers. Another reason I don't agree with him is because apparently when Catherine Bigelow won an award for her directing The Hurt Locker, he said her success was attributed to her being a hot woman. Really? That Not, not only is that an asshole thing to say, but you can't tell how hot the director is by watching the f***ing movie. Like when I walked out of a Hurt Locker, I didn't go, wow, did you see that director? Oh, no, I was just thinking that was really good. Well, let's move on to the next story. This one comes from Entertainment Weekly. You know, a, a magazine I actually had issue with. I used to subscribe to them, but I stopped after a spoiler for uh, 
not Game of Thrones, for Walking Dead was her cover story. And it was just the week after. I'm like, really? That You're going to do that so quickly? So I just said, you know what? If they're going to be that sloppy. So that's why I generally don't take stories from them. I try to do other sources. But this one, I read it first from entertainment. So I'm sticking to that. Have you heard about the controversy around Liam Neeson? Well, here's something about him that we never needed to know. Uh, he could have taken this to his grave and it would have been fine. But apparently a friend of his, I thought it was a family member at first, but no, a friend of his got raped. And uh, this was years ago, apparently, years and years ago. And he asked her what the person looked like. She couldn't tell. Then he just asked, what color were they? She said it was a black man. So apparently he took a club and walked around the black neighborhoods of their little, of the area they grew up in or he lived in at the time, hoping that someone would pick a fight with him so he could like beat him up or kill him. And now in this interview, uh, he told, oh, it was the Independent that first that first reported on this. And he said that it took me a week, maybe a week and a half to get through that. It was horrible, horrible when I think back that I did that. And I've never admitted that. And I'm saying it to a journalist. But I did learn a lesson from it when I eventually thought, what the f*** are you doing? You know? So, of course, the Internet blew up at him because that's what the Internet does. And while I see their point, I, I do see it. You know, he told this terrible story of wanting to commit a hate crime, of, one, of wanting to beat up and potentially kill someone just because they're black. Yeah, that is really f***ed up. Here's the thing. He basically apologized. He said he was not in his right mind. And he says that uh, it was something pretty shitty and he regrets it. So that brings up the question for the when it comes to public the, the thoughts of the public, what is a statute of limitations on something like this? So this was a long time ago. I'm not even sure if he was famous when it happened. And he said he admitted to this, something which I don't think he should have done. I think he should have taken this to his grave. No one would have had to know. But now people are protesting. And according to YouTuber Philip DeFranco, people are calling that the Oscars ban him. And of course, this Entertainment Weekly article then brings up tweets from people, some of them who are famous... I guess famous. I've never heard of George M. Johnson, but well, he's been um, verified. So that's something. And just random ass people who are angry about it. And I actually hate it when news outlets do that, have tweets from people in their story to show a reaction because they're obviously trying to skew the reaction a certain way. And it's the f***ing internet. You can say that you like pineapple on pizza and you will probably get a death threat. Was I exaggerating there? Yes, kind of. But the internet is made up of so many different people that there are enough people that if something happens and people are going to get outraged and they get outraged about stupid things to something like this, which undoubtedly isn't stupid at all, but it's not something we should take as seriously as, as we are. We should go, okay, well, that's Liam Neeson. That is f***ed up of you that you ever thought that, like ever, but thank you for changing your ways and coming forward with a story, even though it's pretty f***ing stupid of you to come forward about with that story. And to all the people getting outraged and calling for like a reaction now, like, oh, let's get him banned now for this because of something he did in the past and never followed through on and apologized for. I just want you to look into your past. What if the most f***ed up thing you ever did came forward? And let's say it was 20 years ago. Should you be punished for it the same way now. So long story short, Liam Neeson once did something outrageously wrong or thought of doing something outrageously wrong, didn't do it. Uh, for some reason, that was a good story to tell. And now the internet's overreacting. So quick note, if that story had been from like last month, then that would be completely different. Well, let's get into some better news. Well, maybe not better for everyone, but at least less serious news. So this news it comes to us from Deadline. Jumanji is getting a sequel set to come out December 13th this year. And apparently the gang of teens who were in the beginning of the film are reprising their roles. Also reprising their roles are Karen Gillian, Dwayne Johnson, Kevin Hart, and Jack Black. Adding to the cast are going to be Aquafina, Danny DeVito, and Danny Glover. The plot so far is being kept under wraps. And here's a fun fact. The director of the first Jumanji is also directing the second Jumanji. And he's also directing a sequel to the 2011 movie Bad Teachers starring Cameron Diaz. And my question is why? Why, why, why? I get having a sequel to Jumanji. It's an action comedy with, an, with a stellar cast. And it did well. It was well received by fans at least. 
So I get that. I understand having that as a sequel, but why pull a movie from 2011 that didn't even do that well and do a sequel to it? That I don't understand. Anyway, moving on, this next bit of news comes to us from io9, and it's not about a movie, but it's about a series that I was, I have been looking forward to since it was announced. This is an FX series based on the graphic novel or comic book series, Why the Last Man, and we have some news. This show is not set to, uh, to hit until 2020, but they released a first look and we now know some of the actors in it. We know Diane Lane is going to be in it. Amber Tamblyn's going to be in it. Imogen Poots is going to be in it. And Yorick, the main character, the last living male on Earth, is being played by Barry Keoghan. Uh, you would know him if you watched movies like Dunkirk, The Killing of a Sacred Deer, or American Animals. And I would never have picked him for this role. I like him. He's a good actor. But I would never have picked him. And I'm looking forward to being proven that I should have. Because Anne, Anne and I were just talking about this. How many times a cast has been announced and people are like, what the f***? Why is this person playing them? Like the kid who plays the Flash in the Flash show. Because before that, he was known mainly for Glee. People are like, really? And famously, if you remember back when Interview with the Vampires released, people were angry that Tom Cruise was playing Lestat. And after the movie was released, they're like, well, no one else could have done it. Tom Cruise is obviously the best choice. Going even farther back, when Michael Keaton was announced for Batman, there are some people that were upset. And then it came out and people are like, well, of course, it's Michael Keaton. He is Batman. So, yes, we can look forward to that show in 2020. And in the last bit of news from Flickering Myth, apparently Keanu Reeves was offered the role that was eventually given to Jude Law in Captain Marvel. This, of course, is good news, though I do like Keanu Reeves, and I think he could have crushed it. I really like Jude Law. I think he's going to do a great job. And you know what? Reeves better have done John Wick 3. Otherwise, I think there would have been riots. So I think this was the best outcome for everyone. John Wick 3 has a May 17th, 2019 release date, and Captain Marvel has a March 8th 2019 release date so in almost a month we're going to be seeing captain marvel and then a couple more months for john wick we have some more sad news this one from the rap julie adams who was an actress who was in the movie creature from the black lagoon has passed away at the age of 92 she's best known for playing the damsel in distress in the 1954 movie like I said, Creature of the Black Lagoon. She died Sunday. She also starred alongside actors like Rock Hudson, Elvis Presley, and Dennis Hopper. And one more loss, Dick Miller passed away, best known for movies like Gremlins, The Howling, and The Burbs. You'd know him best if you watched Gremlins. He was Murray, you know, the older next-door neighbor. He was cool, always one of my favorite characters in it. But unfortunately, he too has passed away at the age of 90. And finally in the news, this one from Flickering Myth, Disney's reportedly working on two sequels for Zootopia. Zootopia, of course, the smash hit from 2016, which quickly became one of my favorite movies, and, and I'm not biased at all, and it's also why you have to be very careful when looking up pictures from Zootopia. Thank you, Rule 34. Well, that is it for the news. Let us step into everyone's favorite segment, the trailer trove, actually. Avast, and welcome to the Trailer Trove. Welcome to the Trove. Just like Tom Cruise, this is going to be pretty short, just because I'm saving a lot of the big ones for the Super Bowl trailer breakdown. So let's talk about a couple things. Let's talk about the teaser trailer that came out for this year's Child's Play remake. And I'm saying remake instead of reboot, because there's nothing that we know yet that implies that the other movies have happened and that it takes place in the same universe. It looks like it's going to be a straight remake and it could be okay. I'm still, I have hope. Maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should have no hope for this, but I'm just going, I'm, I'm going to have hope just like I did for the Halloween, the Rob Zombie Halloween movies, which proved me wrong. Just like the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which proved me wrong. I've been proved wrong a lot before, but I'm still going to hold on to that hope that this is going to be good. This is stars Aubrey Plaza, Brian Tyree Henry, and is set for a June 21st, 2019 release date. And according to the teaser trailer, we might get a full trailer for it coming out on the 8th. And next up, and maybe even last, I'm going to do a little more searching after this, make sure I didn't miss anything. 
we have a trailer for The Boys, which is going to be an Amazon TV show. This is based off the comic book series The Boys, and this is set to star Carl Urban, Aaron Moriarty, and Elizabeth Shue, among others. This, of course, is about a group of CIA agents, or at least a squad hired by the CIA, to keep superheroes in line by any means necessary. First eight episodes are set to hit Amazon Prime this summer. Well, I found one more thing to talk about. It's another series. This one is a Showtime original called City on a Hill. And I'm talking about this movie, one, maybe just to keep the trove a little longer. I don't know. It feels right to have trailers to talk about in the trailer trove, right? But also because it does look good. This stars Kevin Bacon, which fits the question of the week really well, and Aldous Hodge from uh, Hidden Figures and Straight Outta Compton. This hits Showtime on June 16th. It looks pretty good. So it's about this kind of dickhead of a cop or FBI agent. I forgot which one he is, but he is asked to work or this guy wants to work with him who's a DA in Boston and he wants to make this city a better place, but he's all these people working against them. And he does he, he has this big case that's been thrown in his lap, probably because they want him to fail, but he doesn't want to fail. So he gets this guy played by Kevin Bacon, who's really good at his job, but just happens to be pretty racist and pretty much a big old ass. And he agrees to help him. So we have these two working together to stop this crime this uh crime syndicate or i'm not sure if they're a gang or or something this group of bad guys and, and it looks good we will get to see it on june 16th and i hope you have a friend who has showtime so you can watch it on streaming well that is it for the trailer trove let us take our first break and jump into a word from our friends at somewhat nerdy radio and then we'll get into the limited releases does that does that sound like a plan sounds like a plan to me stay tuned <laughs> Are you troubled by a lack of common interest in your social sphere? Do you experience feelings of nostalgic sentiment in your day-to-day -day life? Do your family or coworkers not understand your quotes, quips, or references? If the answer is yes, then don't wait another minute. Pick up the phone and download the nerdiest professionals in the galaxy. Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Our nerdy and informative hosts are available 24 hours a day on your favorite podcast app to fill all your super nerdy needs. Good, Good journey, journey, nerds. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio, Future Flicks with Billiam, and Nerds of the Squared Circle on iTunes, SoundCloud, your favorite podcast app, or stream us at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. And we're back. Uh, we actually have quite a few movies this week. Let, let's see how many we have. We have nine movies in the limited section, and we have seven movies in the wide releases in Interesting Indies. Two of them, um, okay, well, I'll talk about it when, when it comes up. The first movie this week is a film called Chokehold. A woman is seeking revenge on the Russian mob for the death of her father. This stars no one. This looks like one of those films that wanted to feature a lot of fighting, so they get boxers and MMA stars and martial artists and stuff like that just to have a movie that focuses on the fighting with no real plot. That's exactly what this looks like. Next up, we have a movie that almost made it into the wide release section that is called Under the Eiffel Tower. Stewart is having a midlife crisis. Desperate for something more in life, he tags along with his best friend's family on their family vacation and ends up proposing to his friend's daughter under the Eiffel Tower. Needless to say, that doesn't go well, and he escapes to France where he just might find his niche. This stars Matt Walsh from Veep, Reed Scott from Veep, Judith Godrich from Man in the Iron Mask, and Dylan Galula from the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Quick note, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt's final four episodes came out recently. Hilarious. It's overall a great show. If you have not watched it, it's four seasons, a quick watch, and it's really enjoyable. Uh, but this movie, it, it almost spoke to me, but the trailer left me feeling cold, which is why it's sitting in the limited section. Next up, we have a movie called Berlin, I Love You. This is... 10 Stories of Romance Set in the German Capital of Berlin. I'm glad IMDb told me it was the German capital, otherwise I wouldn't know which Berlin they were talking about because there's so many. This stars Kira Knightley from The Imitation Game, Helen Mirren from The Queen, Luke Wilson from Old School, Jim Sturgis from 21, Mickey Rourke from Iron Man 2, Hayden Panettiere, or however you say it, from Heroes, Diego Luna from Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, and Diana Agron from Glee. This should be on my list. This should be 
close to the top of the wide release section with a cast like that and a romantic comedy, but it doesn't look like it was put together very well. It looks like it has potential, like each of the stories on their own looks like they could have been good and the movie could be maybe come in two parts or even been a Netflix movie that came again came in two parts so we can get more from it. But it just seems like there's going to be not enough movie for so many stories. This movie looks like one of those cases where having a good cast is not going to help you. The next film up in the limited section is called Untogether. Andrea and Nick start up an affair. At the same time, Tara, Andrea's sister, finds herself filled with newfound religious zeal and attracted to the rabbi. This stars Jamima Kirk from Girls, Lola Kirk from Gone Girl, Alice Eve from She's Out of My League, Jamie Dornan from Marie Antoinette, Ben Mendelsohn from Rogue One, A Star Wars Story, Jennifer Grey from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Scott Kahn from Hawaii Five-0, and Billy Crystal from City Slickers. And you know one of my pet peeves is in a trailer when they say from writer and director so-and-so. This one says, I said from writer-director Emma Forrest. She's nobody. She is f***ing nobody. She has one writing credit, this movie, one miscellaneous crew credit, one director credit, this movie, and three credits as self in documentaries and movies. And one credit, quite literally, is for her being a name dropper. So Emma Forrest probably met someone famous or was there for something interesting. And so they just interviewed her because they couldn't get anyone better. I wanted to want to watch this movie because I love Billy Crystal, but it just looks like so much. And and I, I just get a bad feeling from a movie that tries to advertise the writer or director like they're big and they're literally nobody. How about Emma Forrest? How about... You release a couple more movies, do at least one or two more things, and then put your name in things. I know, maybe it may not have been her that did it. But from now on, she has to try and have more say over things like that, like where her name is going to be put. Next up in the limited section is a film called Beneath the Leaves. Four small town boys are kidnapped, and the kidnapper is obsessed with reuniting the kids with their deceased parents. It doesn't take a rocket surgeon to tell you that that means he wants to kill them. However, James Whitley is caught before he can kill the kids, but 20 years later he escapes and wants to finish what he started. This stars Douglas Jones from The Shape of Water, Mira Sorvino from Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion, Christopher Masterson from Malcolm in the Middle, and Melora Walters from Magnolia, oh, and Paul Sorvino, Mira's, Mira Sorvino's daughter, daughter, Mira Sorvino's father, from The Rocketeer. Again, we, we have a movie that could have been interesting and that seems so close. And th this could be, and those other movies I've talked about could just be the case of a terrible trailer. And this could be good, but you know, folks, remember what I say and, and live with these words. We have to base whether or not we want to see a movie on the trailers because that's all we have. We have the stuff we know from IMDb. We have any news stories that came out about it, and we have the trailers. That's it. That is not much. So if a trailer looks shitty, no matter how much you like the people in it, it is safe to skip it. We have four more movies left in the limited section. Let's talk about one called A Violent Man. A struggling MMA fighter finds himself blamed for the murder of a woman he had a one-night stand with and was also seen applying a chokehold to in a restaurant, because why the f*** not? This after he refuses a payoff to claim that he never beat an unbeaten fighter. This stars Thomas Q. Jones from Luke Cage, MMA fighter Chuck Liddell, Bruce Davidson from X-Men, and Denise Richards from Wild Things. You know what, I'm f***ing tired of these movies that just want to showcase interesting looking fighting so they slap together some bare bones plot this movie looks like sh next up is a film called saint agatha a pregnant young woman seeks refuge in a convent what starts out as a perfect place to have her baby quickly becomes a nightmare that she must escape this stars carolyn hennessy from general hospital and if if this movie interests you at all. If anything I said, like the basic ass premise that IMDb gave, or maybe you like General Hospital a lot and want to support Carolyn Hennessy. If it interests you at all, don't watch a trailer because I'm pretty sure the trailer put the ending of the movie in the trailer. 
just like quarantine did. And you know what? I'm just going to tell you, um, skip forward 10, 20 seconds if you don't want to hear this. There is a part in the trailer where she's in a coffin and as they're covering it up to nail her inside, the mother superior says, I now call you Agatha or something like that. And then they start nailing. So I'm thinking she's going to try to escape. She gets caught. They rename her Agatha before they do it. And then she becomes some saint because a saint can't be alive. So there, you saw the movie. Good job. Next up is a film called Lords of Chaos. A teenager's quest to launch a black metal band in Oslo results in a very violent outcome. And for some reason, no one has accents. This stars Rory Culkin from Scream 4. I mean, come on, Rory Culkin. You, you couldn't even try to have an accent. I, I hope somewhere in the movie they explain why he lives in Oslo and doesn't have an accent. If he's American, that's great. Whatever. Just make sure we know he's not from there, and that's why he doesn't have an accent. Don't do the same mistake that that Baldwin movie did last week. Like, he's from, supposed to be from Australia. And see, that terrible accent I did right there, awful, I, I know, would have been better than what Stephen Baldwin was trying to do. All right, folks, last movie in the limited section, and that is called The Amityville Murders. This is yet another retelling of how a man murdered his family. This stars John Robinson from Lords of Dogtown. All right, you know what? Stop it. F***ing stop it. I don't want to see any more Amityville movies unless unless some new facts come out about it. Unless you have a someone has an actual good idea for a horror movie sequel. I don't want to see any more about this because how many times are we going to see this? How many times are we going to tell tell the story of these murders? The version of this with Ryan Reynolds in it, I liked mainly because it's Ryan Reynolds. Okay, I'm, I'm done with this. Let's move into the next segment. But before we do, you know what time it is. You do. It is time for a word from our friends at the Nerds of the Squared Circle. So please stay tuned. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com Hi, I'm Sam Jericho of SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Join me, Snarf Chris, and the dude with the headband. We talk about wrestling and more wrestling. Do you like wrestling? Yeah! Yeah! Then you should listen to our podcast. Do you not like wrestling? You should still listen to our podcast. SomewhatNerdy.com's Nerds of the Squared Circle. Subscribe to us on iTunes or your favorite podcast app today. Nerds of the Squared Circle on SomewhatNerdy.com. All right, we are back with the wide releases and interesting indies. Let's start out with a film called To Dust. Shmuel, a Hasidic cantor in upstate New York, is distraught by the untimely death of his wife. He struggles to find solace and obsess over how her body will decay. He turns to Albert, a local science teacher, and convinces him to help him figure out how long until she decomposes. This stars Matthew Broderick from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And okay, so the first two movies in the wide release and interesting indie section, I'm I do like more a, a lot more than the movies in the limited section, but there may be a slight chance, just a, just a slight chance that I was so sick of watching trailers that looked awful that I saw one that didn't look terrible. I'm like, okay, wide releases and interesting indies, yeah. F- yeah, this doesn't make me want to gouge my eyes out. Good job. So maybe that could be the case with this. I don't know. It still looks a lot more interesting than the other movies I've just talked about. Uh, this actually kind of has a feeling of that movie, if you remember it, called Cold Dog Soup. If you never saw Cold Dog Soup, I do not blame you at all. It's this really obscure movie uh, that was from the 1990s starring Randy Quaid and Frank Whaley. If you don't know who Frank Whaley is, he was in movies like um, Broken Arrow, The Doors, Pulp Fiction, had smaller roles in those, uh, you know, a sizable role in Broken Arrow. Uh, And most recently, he was in a few, uh, seven actually, episodes of Luke Cage. But Cold Dog Soup was about this man and wife going home and they're going to have sexy time but the wife's mother's dog dies and she really wants the dog buried in central park which is illegal but apparently people try and bury their dogs there anyway it's like a thing and so he takes a dead dog and gets a cab and this cab driver and says hey you know what don't don't let's not bury the dog there a it's illegal but b we can do other things with it and so he convinces him that they can sell the dog for 
quite a quite a bit of money. And they go on this trip around New York selling things like they'll sell the collar and then like a part of the dog. And it gets really weird. And it's just this weird 90s indie film. I get this kind of vibe from that. Not not with how weird it's going to get, but with this idea that we have this these two people traveling around together trying to find out something very macabre. This one looks a little better and a little less weird, but at the same time more weird than Cold Dog Soup because they're going to places like body farms to try and find out how long it takes for bodies to decompose. And people are like, why the f*** do you want to know this? What's wrong with you? While Cold Dog Soup was... God, what was the point? I... I really don't know what the point of that movie was. Maybe I should rewatch. No, I'm not going to rewatch it. Uh, but to Dust seems like it's this the the story of this character who's trying to come to terms with his wife's death and his faith isn't helping him. So he's like, okay, what's science going to do? What can science tell me about what's going to happen to her now? And just for that reason, and let's face it, Matthew Broderick is awesome. That for that reason, this sounds interesting, which is why it made it into this section, and that's my argument, and I'm sticking to it. To Dust gets a 5.5 out of 11. Next up in the wide releases section, we have a film called The Isle. A ship sinks off the west coast of Scotland in 1846. Three survivors wash up on an island to find a handful of people living in what, what was once a village. What happened to the others and why can't these people leave the island? And can the survivors of the shipwreck leave themselves? Or will this be their final resting place? This stars Conleth Hill from Game of Thrones and Fisayo Akinde from The Girl with All the Gifts. So we have another indie. So this is an indie period piece horror. And that could be really cool or it could be really bad. Just think of Witch. I liked The Witch or Witch and didn't. My friend Jordy loved The Witch. One of my other friends hated it. It's it's one of those movies that you either love or hate. Babadook was really popular. I thought it was awful. And I think this is going to be that same kind of movie, but not as popular as like the Babadook and Witch. But it will be one of those ones that you watch it and you're either like, wow, that was slow and terrible and should never be watched. Or you're like, wow, this was actually really good. And I'm excited to share it with people. Do you remember when the 2011 version of Jane Eyre came out starring... Um, okay, I had to look this up. Starring Mia Wasikowska and Jamie Bell. But I remember when those trailers for that movie were going around, it tried to make it look like a horror almost, even though it's a drama romance, but they tried to add this spooky element to it. Of course, if you're familiar with the story of Jane Eyre, you know what ended up happening with the spooky element, but the trailer tried to really sell that. And th I get that same feeling from the aisle. Though this one looks like it's going to be a little more heavy-handed with the horror, because with Jane Eyre, that was just clever a clever selling point, because there's nothing really scary about Jane Eyre. It's just like, oh, what's this going on in the house? Am I alone? No, you're not alone. It's, it's your would-be boyfriend's crazy sister. And was that a spoiler? Well, the book was from the 1800s, so um, no. But once again, with this movie, just like Two Dust, it could be that I had just watched a bunch of shitty looking trailers and saw this and went, yeah, okay, I can get down with that. But I will be honest with you. I may never, ever see The Isle and Two Dust because though they they, they do interest me at least a little, there, there are more movies this week that interest me more. And these two movies, Two Dust and The Isle, while they may be far, far better looking than the previous nine movies we talked about, it is still highly forgettable, especially when you look at the top three of the top four movies coming out this week. So just in case you do want to see it, that movie, of course, comes out this week and it gets a 5.5 out of 11. Did I give it that extra 0.5 just because it's in the wide section, wide releases section? Maybe, maybe I did. I don't know. No, I did. I'm going to be honest. I did just because I was like, why did I put this movie in here? Oh yeah, it didn't look as bad as the others. I, I'll give it that 0.5 more just so it's not completely mediocre. Next up, we have a movie called... Everybody Knows, also known as Alavet. This is a Spanish language film, as in Spain Spanish, not Mexico Spanish. Laura, a Spanish woman living in Buenos Aires, returns to her hometown outside Madrid with her two children to attend her sister's wedding. However, the trip is upset when one of her children is kidnapped, causing long hidden secrets to unravel. This stars Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem from Vicky Cristina Barcelona. This could be good. It really could. This seems like a a movie that starts out 
with a slight a slice of life movie that ends up being a a mystery kind of but not a straight up mystery like something from Agatha Christie uh, more of a modern mystery where it's like something happens to this woman's children a what happened b how is it tied to her past and the synopsis from IMDb only mentions that Laura and her children went but who is Javier Bardem why are they so close is part of the long hidden secrets having to do with their relationship and why they're not together or did he just did she just meet him here and they start to fall in love though it seems like they're really close so I have quite a few questions already that I want answered I do think this is something I will watch I, I really do but not right away not at all this is going to be something like when Anne and I watched The Belko Experiment. We could have watched it a lot sooner than we did, but we put precedent over other things. And then one day we're just like, you know what, let's watch it. And we broke it out and we watched it and we liked it. And don't get me wrong, Belko Experiment and Everybody Knows are two totally different movies. I'm just using Belko Experiment as an example of the type of movie I think it will be as far as me watching it. If you like foreign films, then maybe this should go, go further up your list because it's Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem, two Academy Award winning people who are really good at what they do. They have worked together before and they work well together. In fact, Javier Bardem, now my favorite Bond villain of all time. That villain, of course, being Silva from Skyfall, who was just amazing. And I love the older Bonds. I, I love all of the Bonds, in fact. But Skyfall quickly took over as my favorite once it came out. And Penelope Cruz is one of those actresses who doesn't always pick the best things to be in, but she is always good in what she does. Look at Vanilla Sky with Tom Cruise. That was not a good movie. You know, I, I am sorry. It was not. It, it wasn't bad. It wasn't as bad as people said it was. Or as much as the critics uh, sh** on it. But she was still really good in it. She was good in Pirates of the Caribbean. Even though I'm kind of over that series. Volver. So we have this new movie coming out. With two people not only who are great on their own, but also have worked together before, so they already have this chemistry together. So this shows all the promise of being a good movie. But again, unless you really want a night out with a foreign film, or you just want to watch something something different, this isn't the kind of movie you should see in theaters. This is definitely something you should check out at home, though. And I know I will. Everybody Knows gets a 7 out of 11. Next up this week, we have one, two, three, four movies left. So the next movie is called The Prodigy. A mother concerned about her genius son's disturbing behavior thinks something supernatural may be affecting him. This stars Taylor Schilling from Orange is the New Black and has nothing to do with smacking bitches up or changing pitches up, oddly enough. This film was actually brought to us by Orion. And I forgot Orion was even a company, because if you remember, they were pretty big in the 80s, early 90s. Uh, some of their notable films are Dances with the Wolves, Silence of the Lambs, Adam's Family, Rambo, First Blood, The Terminator. I mean, those are those are big films. I mean, they may not all of them be Academy Award winning, but they are they are notable films that had respectable grosses for their time. But it looks like now Orion is simply a distributor for MGM or, you know, just kind of lives under MGM. So I think that's why this film, when I watched the trailer, almost had an indie vibe to it just because it probably didn't have all the backing of an MGM film. But enough about that. Let's talk about this as a movie. It looks a little weird. It looks like they're going for a horror, but want to be a little more sophisticated about it. So it's not full on like an Annabelle movie or a Conjuring movie, even though those are good and good horrors. This one looks like it's trying to be a little different, which, as we know, can always work or not work. Just like I always bring up with movies like The Witch and The Babadook movies that uh, I, I even mentioned that this episode movies that tried to do something different and it really worked for some people and really didn't work for others. I think this is going to be that kind of film. And while that may seem like something obvious to say, like, well, of course, you're either going to like a movie or you're not, uh, that, that's not exactly what I mean. What I mean when I say that is that what the movie tried to do, what, what it tried to do to set it apart was the factor that made people either f***ing love it, like go bat for it or go no this is crap and i think the prodigy is going to have something very similar to it where we're going to see a a slower paced slower burn horror movie with this story about this kid 
who from the time he was a baby was well beyond his years as far as smarts go. And now that he's like eight or nine or something, something like that is super smart. But guess what? There's something else to it. Something sinister. So this film definitely has promise. It does. But the question now for you is, would you put this above the other movies that are coming out this week? Because all of the other movies are completely different genres. Like I said, this is one of the big four movies coming out this week, and it is completely different from a lot from a lot of the others. So if you did see a movie this week, the question to ask yourself is... Honest to God, what do you feel like? And is something like this a potentially good, but equally potentially shitty horror film, thriller horror, is that worth your time? And the reason I mentioned thriller, because I've mentioned, as I mentioned all the time, horror is a subgenre of thriller, but not vice versa. The, the reason I mentioned thriller too is I'm not sure how much of a horror aspect there is going to be to it. I wonder if it's going to be mainly a thriller and then near the end when the possible possession, like ghost or demon possession comes out, then will it get a little more horror-y, which I swear to God is a word. And as far as the people in it, I am not a big fan of Taylor Schilling. I mean, she I, she's good in Orange is the New Black, but I just don't like Orange is the New Black as a show. The only other things I know her from are Argo, and she, she was fine in that, and then one episode of Drunk History. And I didn't even remember on my own that she's in that episode. I was looking at her IMDb page, saw Drunk History, had to look up the scene to remember her in it. And to be fair to her, she really hasn't been around that long. She Her first acting gig was a small role in a 2007 movie called Dark Matter. And then just five years later, she gets Orange is a New Black after doing a TV series called Mercy for a little bit. And then was in Atlas Shrugged and The Lucky One in Argo. Then she gets Orange is a New Black, which is something that I have stayed away from. Of course, I tried watching Orange is a New Black when it first came out, when it was a brand new thing, when you could still get it, when Netflix would come in the mail. I mean, you still can get Netflix in the mail, but most people don't do it that way. But back when that was a way to do it, I would get the DVDs, watch it, and I, I couldn't. I could not finish the first season. So maybe I'll try it again. But maybe this is the movie where Taylor Schilling shows us that she is more than this role. We will see. The Prodigy gets a 6.5 out of 11. Next up, ladies and gentlemen, is a film called Cold Pursuit. A snowplow driver seeks revenge against the drug dealers that killed his son. This stars the questionable Liam Neeson from Schindler's List, Laura Dern from Jurassic Park, William Forsythe from Raising Arizona, Julia Jones from Wind River, and Emmy Rossum from Shameless. And I don't have to talk a lot about this movie, and it has nothing to do with like, this Liam Neeson scandal. It, that, this has nothing to do with that. It just has to do with the fact that we are familiar with this role from Liam Neeson. Everyone else, Laura Dern, William Forsythe, Julia Jones, Emmy Rossum, they're, they're just candy. They're just sprinkles on top, because when it gets down to the bare bones of it, this is a Liam Neeson revenge flick. We know him. We may love him. I don't know. I, I'm... I'm I like them. I like them when I watch them, but I don't always make a point to see them. But when I do, I'm like, okay, that was good. The last time I actually made a point to see a Liam Neeson movie in the theater was um, was The Grey. Anything else that has been released since, uh, I, I just happened to see at home or on, on streaming somewhere, and I enjoyed it, but I'm good. I'm good with seeing this in theaters. If you, though, are a big fan of his, and you like, you loved the Taken movies, you liked, loved The Grey, you loved... um non-stop and then that train one or was non-stop the train one and there was a different one on a plane but okay, whatever i don't know if liam neeson's your boy then you're gonna watch cold pursuit that's all i have to say about that for the rest of us though we're gonna skip this one maybe watch it later it doesn't look great it doesn't look bad it looks like a perfectly fine movie cold pursuit gets a 6.5 out of 11 Two movies left, ladies and gentlemen, and the last one that didn't make it as pick of the week is called What Men Want. A woman is boxed out by a male sports agent in her profession, but gains an unexpected edge over them when she develops the ability to hear men's thoughts. This stars Tara G.P. Henson from Hustle & Flow, Tracy Morgan from 30 Rock, Wendy McLevin Covey from The Goldbergs, Pete Davidson, who's a train wreck. Oh, no, 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 he was in train wreck. Easy mistake. Kellen Lutz from Twilight, Aldous Hodge from Straight Outta Compton, and Tamala Jones from Castle. 
Oh, and uh, Shaq. Shaq's in it too. Does this movie sound familiar? Does the title sound familiar? That is because this is a retelling of what women want, though we gender swapped the roles. And then had BET uh, Pictures or Productions. Okay, what is the company called? I should learn this. It's BET Films. So Paramount and BET Films worked on this. So now we have this film that's one part remake, one part black comedy, and one part it's Tara G.P. Henson, so just watch it. Like I say a lot about movies like this, the good thing is you know exactly what to expect. You know the type of jokes that are going to be made. You know who's in it, so what to expect from them, because it doesn't look like any of these people are trying to reach with their characters. But that's not a bad thing, because this is a comedy. And, you know, about this being a remake, it could still technically be a sequel, I guess, or a reboot. Can you reboot something that's, that was just one movie and never actually a sequel? I don't know. I, I actually don't know. But it could be a spiritual sequel if they somehow drop a hint to Mel Gibson's character. But that part really doesn't matter when it comes to if you're going to see this movie or not. What will matter is are these jokes funny to you? Are these types of movies funny to you? I like them. I don't watch them as much as I would like, but I watch movie I do watch movies like this. They are funny and this has a reliable cast. People that we've seen before who've been working for a while and are funny. And I feel like I'm copying out with this one, but there's really not much else to say. The great thing about movies like What Men Want is you don't need to hear anything else. Just watch a trailer. What do you feel? Do you want to see this? Or are you sitting back going, oh, that looks stupid? Because then go with your gut. That's what it's going to be. There's not going to be a lot of hidden stuff. It's not like there's going to be some hidden subplot that's going to tell some amazing story. It's supposed to be funny. It's supposed to be a comedy that makes you laugh and it either does or it either doesn't. What Men Want gets an 8 out of 11. And everyone, it is time for the pick of the week. So say it with me because you should know what's coming out if you are a nerd worth your salt. The pick of the week is called Lego Movie 2, the second part. It's been five years since everything was awesome, and now a new threat comes around. Duplo Invaders from Outer Space. This features the voices, and are you ready? Here we go. Features the voices of Chris Pratt, Elizabeth Banks, Will Arnett, Tiffany Haddish, Stephanie Beatrice, Allison Bree, Nick Offerman, Charlie Day, Maya Rudolph, Will Ferrell, Channing Tatum, Jonah Hill, and I have to breathe, Richard Ayande, Ben Schwartz, Jason Momoa, Kobe Smulders, Ralph Fiennes, Will Forte, and Bruce Willis. Yeah, I left a couple people out just because I got bored, but that's a big vocal cast. And it's the Lego movie. Do you remember when the first Lego movie came out, how the, when, when it was first announced, how a lot of us, me included, scoffed, going, how the f*** are you going to make a Lego movie? Is this going to be some Lego Ninjago bullshit? Is this going to be some Bionicle movie? And then it came out and the trailers were looking promising, but a lot of us still weren't holding our breaths, going, it could just be trailer guy doing his voodoo witchcraft. And then we saw the movie and then it wasn't, it was fun it was original it was enjoyable it was amazing it had everyone singing everything is awesome for months it had an everyman hero in it despite the fact that he was a lego person and it had a colorful cast of characters that took characters from a lot of different things including popular dc properties i remember watching the first movie and i was laughing the whole way but what made me laugh the most was near the end when Benny finally got to build his spaceship and then he's they're flying around through the different worlds and he's screaming spaceship and everything's blowing up and it was it was amazing and my sides hurt I was laughing so much and that is what I'm hoping for in this movie too an overall enjoyable movie with one or two parts that makes me laugh so hard I just can't catch my breath the Lego movie and hopefully the Lego movie too are going to be examples of just pure fun and how that alone can make a movie i mean the lego movie had a lot going for it it really did but what sold it was how fun it was and that's what i'm really hoping for in number two and i think the fact that they took so long to do it to me at least hints that it is going to be one of those one of those movies that can repeat what was great about the first one because they did lego batman and it was good i liked it i liked the lego movie a lot more than i did lego batman i completely missed lego ninjago movie even though i do i still want to see it 
But the fact that they waited so long to do a sequel to the movie that put Lego back on the map. Okay, let's be honest. Lego was never off the map. Lego is amazing. It's always going to be a staple of children's lives. But when Lego Movie came out, it was everywhere again. And hopefully this movie will do the same. I want, I you know, I want more of the same. I want funny jokes. I want characters that are enjoyable relatable and are also borrowed from properties that i really love like we saw the teaser with emmett and rex danger vest who totally wasn't supposed to be chris pratt's character from jurassic world and so hopefully we're going to get an irreverent movie that isn't so irreverent isn't so over the top that it loses a plot and famously the Lego movie and looking at the page for the new one is one of the few times I could look at Rotten Tomatoes and say, good job, you didn't sh the bed. Because the first one got a tomato meter score of 95. This new one's getting a score of 91, both of which are very respectable scores. And both of them have high viewer scores too. So this movie, the last one was so good that even critics who have ice in their souls loved it. So I'm expecting, I'm expecting less. I really am, but I'm expecting something very enjoyable from number two. The Lego Movie 2, the second part, gets an 11 out of 11. So everyone, when I ask in maybe a, a month or so, when's the last time I gave an 11? You can go, hey, Billiam, Lego Movie 2, f***ing keep up, scrub. And then I'll go, oh, thank you, listener, and then, you know, cry, because I... My, my memory is so bad. But that's it. We uh, right now pre-editing. We're at about an hour of just movie talk. We haven't even gotten to the question of the week yet. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall, filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of f***s and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that a jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes. SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at WIMPodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. So let's jump right into it then. We actually have some answers. So let's review the question before we get into the to answering them. And if you don't remember, the question for last week was play Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon with your favorite actor or actress. I asked that if your favorite actor or actress was either in a movie with Kevin Bacon or Kevin Bacon himself, please pick someone else. So Brian Q answered and gave us two answers and they're fantastic. Thank you very much, Brian. He first says Nathan Fillion is in Serenity with Adam Baldwin. Adam Baldwin is in My Bodyguard with Matt Dillon. Matt Dillon is in Wild Things with Denise Richards. And Denise Richards is in Wild Things with Kevin Bacon. So you didn't, you know, you made it a little harder on yourself because you could have just gone straight from Matt Dillon to Kevin Bacon since they're both in Wild Things. But thank you for that for that first answer. The second answer he gave was as follows. Bruce, the great white shark in Jaws, was in a little movie titled Jaws with Roy Scheider. Roy Scheider was in 2010, the year we made contact with John Lithgow. John Lithgow was in Footloose with Kevin Bacon. So good job. And I actually want to know how easy was that for you? Did you have to use sources like IMDb and the interwebs in general like google or did you just know that because you know so much so thank you again next up is aj who answers he says mark ruffalo was in avengers infinity war with benedict cumberbatch who was in black mass with kevin bacon and he then says that was easy he's going to do colin farrell as well colin farrell was in minority part with tom cruise who was in a few good men with kevin bacon Anne was up next. She chose Emily Blunt. She says Emily Blunt was in The Devil Wears Prada with Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway was in Les Miserables with Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman was in X-Men with Sean Ashmore. And Sean Ashmore was in The Following with Kevin Bacon. My cat Leah loves Salem from the original Sabrina. So Salem was in Sabrina with Beth Bordrick. Beth was in Supernatural, Jared Padalecki. Jared Padalecki was in Gilmore Girls with Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham was in Evan Almighty with Steve Carell. 
Steve Carell was in Kevin, Kevin was in Crazy Stupid Love with Kevin Bacon. And as for my answers, one of them was going to be really easy. So I made it, I made it a side choice. So let's start with Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor was in Men Who Stare at Goats with George Clooney. George Clooney was in Hail Caesar with Josh Brolin. And Josh Brolin was in Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon. I originally was going to do Matt Damon, but both Matt Damon and Kevin Bacon were in episodes of Will and Grace, so you can link them through one of the actors in Will and Grace. In the Kevin Bacon episode, only Jack and Will actually met Kevin Bacon, so you'd have to use one of them. And also with Matt Damon, Matt Damon was in Monuments Men with George Clooney, so you can just go my Ewan McGregor route and just replace the first line. And this one was harder for me. I wanted to pick an actress I liked, and Anne stole Emily Blunt from me. And then the next two actresses I thought of that I really liked were also in Devil Wears Prada. That is Anne Hathaway and Meryl Streep. Then I thought, uh, and then Anne suggested Rose Bine, but Rose Bine was actually in a movie with Kevin Bacon, so by my own rules, that doesn't work. So then I had to think, who else do I really like? So I thought of Helen Mirren, and this one took me a while. It really did. Helen Mirren was in Red with John Malkovich. John Malkovich was in Deepwater Horizon with Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg was in Instant Family with Rose Bine. Rose Bine was in X-Men First Class with Kevin Bacon. So that's it. Those are ours. Uh, you know what? If you didn't answer the question of the week, there's always time. You can answer it anytime. You can answer the first ever question of the week, and I will mention it on the show. So just make sure to get those answers in, and I'll tell you how to answer in the closing housekeeping. But before we do that, let's talk about our next question. And in the spirit of the pick of the week, let's talk about toys. So what toy from your childhood, or if you're if you're up with current toys, what just what toy in general do you think they could make a movie out of just like Lego? I'd prefer you not to do something like Transformers or G.I. Joe or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or something that already has a movie. So what toy that doesn't already have a movie do you think they could make a movie out of? And it doesn't have to be a great movie. It could just be something uh, something silly and funny. It doesn't have to be a... You don't have to think they can make a Lego le movie level film out of it. Just a watchable film. So once again, which favorite toy from your childhood that already hasn't been made into a movie, would you like to see a movie made out of? If that's confusing, let me know and I'll, I will reword it when I release the, my regular reminder that I'm going to totally try and do more. And to be fair, I did it for this episode, so yay me. And next week, I will totally remember to announce the Watch Your Mouth podcast ad before we get into the question of the week. I've been really bad about that for some reason the past few weeks. I have no idea why. But let us get into the closing show notes and I can send you along your way. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast app, as well as the Somewhat Nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. You can also jump on over to the Somewhat Nerdy website to check out my book blogs and all the blogs and other podcasts from the Somewhat Nerdy podcast network. And then rate the show. I would love five stars or a like. And then share the podcast. That is how we grow. Also, leave me comments. Tell me what I'm doing right. And tell me if I missed any stories or if there's a movie you just want me to talk about for some reason. How do you reach me, though? That is a great question. Leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at BilliamSWN. Email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds at the Squared Circle podcasts also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Also check out the Watch Your Mouth Podcast, great friends of the show. And finally, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billion from Somewhat Nerdy signing off, and I'll see you in the future.